Hey guys, I'm Court. And I'm Kate. And you're listening to another episode of The Castle Chat. Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of our Disney-inspired podcast. If you haven't heard of the new Disney Pixar film, Elemental, you've come to the right place to learn more. We're taking you on a deep dive of the heartfelt messages of this vibrant new movie. Want to experience more magic with us outside of this episode? Be sure to follow us on all socials at The Castle Chat. If you love what you hear, please leave us a rating or review on Apple or Spotify so we can continue to build this community. Are you ready to jump into the episode? Let's chat about it. again i didn't know we were starting with the jingle but all right i'm here for it you know what um where court and i live it has been gloomy and rainy for a handful of days so trying to bring some sunshine into our studio by throwing some random jingles at the start of the of an episode there we go we're ready to record even though it's gray and rainy out you know we're here for the new we're also here because uh there's been some new stuff this week in the social media world. We're now on threads. Oh, whatever we, that is. So. We are certainly on threads. Courtney has been taking charge on our new social platform. If so you're not fun. following us yet, head over to threads and give us a follow at the castle chat. And we just are going to give our unfiltered opinions and just fun, random stream of consciousness Disney thoughts. Yeah, I think that's a great way to express yeah. what it is. Stream of consciousness Disney thoughts. Just that's it. Blurbs and blabs and blah. Like, really, I'm sure it's just gonna be it a lot of me sitting around being like, "Wow, I wish I, I wish I had a Ronto wrap right now," or like just something, <laughs> you know. So if you want the fun unfiltered content then head over to threads and hang out with us there yeah i mean i'm sure you're not the only one who is thinking yeah you want to i feel like it it, well yes that and i feel like a lot of people are heading to this app and it's all new and who knows what the future of it'll be but for now we're having fun with it we've got new jingles at the start of the episodes and we've got a new social media platform so yeah i think it's time for us to Talk about a new movie as well. We're just continuing the trend of all the new, new news. Yeah. New, 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 new. New, 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 news. That's how we should have started our Disney breakdown episode. New, 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 news. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. That was fun. Thanks for hanging in with us on that one. I felt like it was like a long one, but we had a lot to talk about. It definitely was a long one, but Elemental was a part of that episode and we had some good actual like feedback actually from the little mermaid episode that we did um in our last set of episodes um when we put out polls and asked some of our listeners and followers what was the most um exciting or fun episode for them to listen to a handful of people said the little mermaid and i think we were surprised that people would want to hear castle chat chatter hear chatter about um movies that were currently still in the theaters um we definitely don't want to spoil anything for any of you out there so if you have not seen elemental and you don't want to know details about it then maybe push pause on this episode and find a different one to listen to because we definitely are going to be um talking in deep detail about the the movie so but spoilers ahead spoilers are ahead If you've already seen the movie and you're here and you're excited to learn more, welcome. We are going to break down a lot of information from you from the box office stats to the emotional connections in this film, the overall summary, as well as some fun facts or maybe some things that you didn't know about the making of this film. I really enjoy learning a lot of the behind the scenes that go into making these incredible movies that Disney Pixar puts out. So we have a lot in store for you guys and I just say we kick it off and kind of explain um, like a general summary of what is elemental okay we can definitely do that before we jump into anything okay before anyone's heard anything out of our mouths on a scale of one to ten one being you absolutely hate it ten Mm. it's a perfect film what did you give this film oof okay um mm, maybe a 
seven or eight. Okay. That's good. I was going to say 6.57. Okay. Yeah. So uh, generally around the same range for us. I, yeah. That's, yeah, okay. It wasn't a perfect 10. It wasn't below a five. Kind of right in a casual sweet spot. Where yes. It was enjoyable, but didn't necessarily like blow me out of the water. Yes. It's one of those films that I would definitely watch again, but it probably won't be on like my list of movies that I always want to watch. Sure. Agree. Okay. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like it's not on the same level for me as like Inside Out, mm-hmm. but it's still, it has a lot of comedy. It has a lot of, you know, like heartstring moments. And I love that this film really encapsulates just Pixar, mm-hmm. and um, I'm excited to talk more about that. Yes, okay, perfect. Glad we got that out of the way. Glad everyone has, before we jump into any details or opinions, what our thoughts generally are about the film, but let's do a summary. Do we Wait, well, before, before we do a summary, do we want to do the box office stats, or do we want to just explain a little bit about what this film is before we give any numbers? Let's, we'll go ahead and get the summary out of the way. Okay, okay. We've been hovering over it for a minute, so <laughs> before my brain leaves the topic. Well, let's, just... get, let's get through the synopsis, and then we will talk about numbers. Okay, so Disney Pixar's Elemental is a film where the elements, Earth, Wind, Fire, water. Is that correct? Earth, wind, fire, water? Earth, earth, fire, air, water. Air, water. Air, wind, same thing. Okay. So the elements are essentially different types of characters, and they are all living in this melting pot of a society in Element City. Um, And people come here from all over and create this unified society, and we follow the story of. Uh, fire element family and their move from um, fire town or whatever not fire town their their home place of fire people <laughs> their home place of fire people it's not element city yes to element city to create a better life for themselves and in doing that they run into a number of obstacles and meeting people that are different elements or meeting characters that are different elements that present them with um, cultural differences that they need to navigate so um, we are following this fire family and they happen to have paths cross with water and so it's a story of fire and water and how they find a way to mingle and live in the same world cute is that is that enough yeah not very eloquent but generally that's where we're going yes that is where we're going it's really important to know that all of these elements are living within one city within their own little towns i would say kind of within the city and you see that throughout the film um you see where the fire people live and where the water people live and it's very clear that those areas are separate when it comes to their living quarters because elements don't certain elements don't mix and that's kind of the message throughout the entire film and we see how two characters try to come against that and say like well what if we do mix Mm -hmm. so it's actually um i think it's cute from a science perspective like thinking about kids that are thinking about these different elements too it makes me think of inside out in that sense but i didn't when i saw the trailer for this movie i really did not know what to expect i was like I think I know the storyline, but I also have no idea at the same time. So I love that I went into this movie with pretty fresh eyes and a fresh perspective of like, okay, whatever you got Pixar, I'm ready for it. I agree. I don't think I knew what I was getting into when I sat down to watch the film. I actually think that Disney's marketing team could have altered the way that they promoted this film. I think there is two different sets of messages um, that two main messages we get from this film and I think one had it been marketed more than the other might have gained this film more interest we can dive into what those things are later Um, I do know from a stat standpoint that Disney spent like a hundred million dollars on marketing something ridiculous like that and for them to have spent that much money to promote this film, the numbers that this film has brought in in its early days is not remarkable. 
now. Do we want to go into the stats? Yeah, let's okay. jump into some stats. So we did mention this on our last episode, but we love to talk about the Rotten Tomatoes scorings just because we really appreciate the critic scores on that as well as the audience scores. So, Kate, what were the Rotten Tomatoes percentages for this film? So I think, I don't know how Rotten Tomatoes truly works, but I think I'd seen a review that showed a lower score from Rotten Tomatoes, so I don't know if it has changed or grown, um, but the Rotten Tomatoes critic score is a 74% out of 100, and the audience score is 92% out of 100. Pretty big jump in my opinion. It's a very big jump. It is showing that the audience actually likes this movie, and I think that once people are sitting down and watching it it's taking them by surprise I feel like I felt that way it was it, it definitely took me by surprise I think it's just a really cute film that I don't know it's just like a cute little innocent love story and I I don't know it just pulled on my heartstrings in the way that most Pixar films do so I left being like, oh my gosh, that was adorable. I agree. Yeah. I think that I felt the same way. It definitely pulled on my heartstrings. The ending of the movie really got me. And that goes back to there being two separate main messages, I think, that comes from this film. Again, we'll, we'll get into it later when we start talking about the really deep emotional stuff um but to finish off our stats so rotten tomatoes gave it a a reasonable score um it did get a higher score than lightyear which i think was a huge thing disney pixar's lightyear that came out last june was like in the 60s and it was the lowest score or rating on a pixar film ever i mean let's be real guys lightyear was a little womp womp yeah we never, I don't, we never did a digging deep we on it. We never did because I don't feel like people would want to listen to it. Well, I feel like the thing to do, maybe we'll put something on the Insta, um, is to talk about Lightyear in light of the Toy Story franchise as a whole. Yeah. So maybe that's the thing to do. Like, do Toy Story 1 through 4 plus Lightyear. 1 and through 4. <laughs> that would be like, Ooh. thank you for joining us on this three-hour episode of the Castle Chat. We'll have to do it in two parts. It will have to be part one and part two. That's so much to digest. Not to mention there's a Toy Story 5, apparently. I don't even want to talk about it. Oh, Toy Story should have ended at Toy Story 3. And True. That, that is my hot take. And take it or leave it, that is what it is. So uh, I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's a common opinion. It's my opinion anyway. So. Okay, so if it's your opinion, yeah. it's my opinion that it's, it's the common opinion. There we go. There it's we the go. majority in the <laughs> room anyway (laughs) yeah it's us okay yes okay so going back to the stats for the box office so far it has generated 121 million dollars globally but the cost of this movie to produce was 200 million dollars so they are short of what they had anticipated who knows if it will continue to bring in a lot more i don't know how close it'll get though like i feel like they especially if you consider the fact that they spent bukus of dollars on marketing like to try to promote this film super heavily spend as much money as they did to make it in the first place and then you're gonna come in like a little over half for just the cost of making the movie not half of the total cost spent and like i mean it's it's a big dollar amount lost Definitely. I saw an article, I think it was yesterday or maybe today, that Disney is actually like dealing with a big significant financial loss right now when it comes to the films that they put out over the past year. They really haven't been producing the type of income that they expected from the films that they put out. And so I think this might be a little bit of a wake-up call for Disney of like, okay, maybe we need to figure out what's going on here because they can't obviously continue to be in this position where they are losing money from films. Yeah, I also saw a TikTok, not read an article, that was about like the last six to eight films that Disney has put out. And in general, for all of those films, they have lost hundreds of millions of dollars. I can't even comprehend that. Yeah, it's, I mean... And it's a question of have things changed so much and how we view films that going to theaters is just not profitable anymore and they should do Disney Plus releases. I don't know. But I don't, you know, whatever they're doing, it's not capturing audiences enough. I think Little Little Mermaid did 
decent, um, but still not like blowing the numbers of production out of the water either. Yeah. So. I think there was so much anticipation for Little Mermaid. They had been marketing it for so long. Like, I feel like just like years of us hearing about this movie and when's it going to come to be and all of that. So, right. Um, overall, though, I do think this movie is up there. I think it's, it's, it's a really good Pixar film. The animation is breathtaking. I mean, to be able to animate actual elements that aren't supposed to be people, like the way that fire moves and water moves, and just watching all those characters and how they interact, it's so fascinating to see the work that went into that animation. And I have some fun facts around that later that we'll talk about, but really just visually appealing movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, a lot of things that I heard um, and also thought myself at the first views of trailers was it was a little bit reminiscent of Zootopia oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and how they animated different biomes for animals. They were animating different things related to elements for this film um, and the worlds that these elements live in varying drastically from the next. It's the same with Zootopia where if you live in the tundra versus the rainforest, they did the whole scene of the train kind of going through all of them. So similar thought process. Um, I'm not sure if Zootopia like directly inspired the animation or I don't know. if that's just coincidence, but um, it definitely was reminiscent of that because Zootopia, the, the utopia of Zootopia, like it is this big shiny city in the middle and you've got... Um, you know, animals coming from all different places to be in the center of the melting pot. And I think the idea of Element City is kind of based on this film and the message we're getting is almost like Ellis Island in New York for people. It's kind of America's central melting pot at the start of the USA where people would come from all over and enter through Ellis Island and say where they're coming from and so um, you get this place that's supposed to be open to all and these elements are starting to migrate in to create a different life for themselves Um, in the same way that you have Chinatown in New York you have Mm -hmm. Firetown in Element City Yeah, and so there are these comparisons that can be made and we start to see the glimpses that this movie is pushing towards uh, an immigrant story. Yes, and I think that is a really special part of this film, so I will go ahead and mention one of the fun facts, but um, this movie was actually based off of the director's like personal life story, which I didn't know until recently after I saw the film, and I just thought that was so incredible. So Peter Sohn, I think is his last mm-hmm. name, um, so he actually moved with his parents. He immigrated to the USA from Korea, and his family actually opened up a grocery store in the Bronx. So he took his own life and was like, how can I integrate this into a film? And it's the same thing with Ember's parents moving to Element City. They're immigrating and being able to start a new life and they open the fireplace, which is their local store um, and it's family business. And I think it's really sweet that um, there's that personal connection with the director. Yeah, if you are unfamiliar with who Peter Son is, the other Disney Pixar film that he was a director for was The Good Dinosaur. Um, And I think that it's interesting and notable and says a lot about how we as humans take our life experiences and pour them into creative aspects of life or just life in general but I also feel like the good dinosaur has this message of people coming from different places yeah and learning from each other despite differences and um that's a lot of what what this elemental movie is about and so I think it's neat um that somebody's um life has impacted my viewing experience and I feel like I've learned a lot about um, what it looks like from an immigrant's perspective to to make a life and start over and build this American dream so to speak but you know elemental element city um, dream that Ember her parents Bernie and Cinder make um, when they leave their home country or their home 
place of fire. <laughs> their home place of fire. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, and in the beginning of the film, you see that it's very frowned upon that that Bernie and Cinder leave their town to go create a better life for themselves. And you kind of see that message come full circle at the end of the film, which kind of pulls on those heartstrings. Um, Bernie's parents didn't really want them to leave. And at the end of the movie, we do see that Ember is leaving to go on her next adventure and her dad kind of accepts that new journey for her and I, I do think that is really sweet to see the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie and that change of story. Yeah so I've been alluding to it a couple of times but I think the two main messages of this film are one of interracial couples and cultures that seem like they shouldn't mix or don't mix and finding a way to see the the way that somebody else's world can impact yours in a positive way and not be scared of it. Um, but then the other side of that is the immigration story and um, being a child of a first-generation immigrant and, and all of that stuff. I think those are the two main messages is there is a love story and it is between people who seemingly maybe shouldn't or wouldn't on a normal basis be together yes. but then also the story of making a better life for yourself as an immigrant and moving somewhere new and building a business and and supporting your family and how does that impact your children there's a there's a whole other side to the movie that's not just the romance um, that I think really heightened its emotional pull for me Yes, um, I think it's I, easy. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that for me, the end of the movie that we're talking about, um, we can talk about the details of it a little bit later, but it is the immigrant parents letting their daughter go and the respect that their daughter has for them and how she's been raised with cultural differences I think that to like that to me like really struck me in the heart and I was like wow this is this is so sweet I love this yeah I think what you said too like it's really easy to view the film as like oh cute Ember and Wade they're in love but like it's way deeper than that mm -hmm. and Disney and Pixar specifically does a really good job of peeling back the layers and saying like yes we see that you see the you know the very obvious in your face message but here's something that's a little bit deeper and that's why i love these episodes because we really do dig deep under the surface of these movies to figure out like what is that emotional connection what is the driving point of this film so i love that i feel like we should kind of go maybe from start to finish and plot, plot i guess mm -hmm. and pull out items that we see in this film that um connect to other messages that we saw throughout so i guess we'll jump in with that so like we said um bernie and cinder they move to element city they create fire town they open the fireplace which is their local um store their family run business and the whole beginning of the movie is basically bernie trying to teach ember how to run the store so that one day when she I forget what the phrase that he says. Like when you when you're old enough, or when you feel like you're able to, yeah. you you can take over the store. So it's your typical story of a family business um, where the child is basically being raised to take over in the next generation. So that's kind of where we see the first start of the movie, and we start to learn a little bit about Ember, who she is. We can tell she gets a little bit overwhelmed with customers as she's learning her place in the store, and that kind of shows us I guess more of her personality as we start to see um that blossom a little bit yeah her her character flaw in trying to be the best version of herself to help her dad with the store is that she has a temper and she gets mad and it messes with the interactions with customers um we do see the transition of her father getting older and she really wants to be able to help him and take over the store because she knows how much it really means to her dad and she can also see the physical toll it takes on him to yeah. continue to run the store and I feel like this is such a relevant and relatable thing for so many people who are a part of a family that has a family business I mean to see your parents build something from the ground up and you see them age and you see that they can't do the things they 
used to and can't do the things they want to anymore and you feel like you have to fill the gap for them um that is definitely something that is a part of ember's character development um we find out later on that she really is just doing this for her parents but it's not what she wants yeah i think is again a really relatable storyline or character development for um this particular movie and character um but we get through this whole building of embers really just trying to take over the shop for her dad to keep him happy and keep him healthy and somehow there is a uh-oh in their shop and the pipes burst and now all of a sudden in fire town there is a water leak which is no bueno nope, no bueno she has one of her moments where she loses her temper she goes downstairs and you know, kind of blows fire everywhere and that bursts the pipes and through the pipes comes out our pal wade who's wade wade's our water boy our water boy um i think that it's funny because obviously ember and wade are names related to the element in which they represent you wade through the water and ember is like a spark and a flame um or a left a remnant of a flame um but yes wade is our water boy he is our um tender emotional <laughs> sweet character whereas he is kind of the antithesis or the opposite of ember who is fiery has a temper he is soft and is always getting emotional um, and yes. it kind of plays to the elements, again, that they represent. The water is always kind of flowing and soft and not hard like ice or glass. But, you know, Ember is always fiery and warm and has a spark and gets mad easily. So um, I, I like the, the play on the names here. <laughs> yes. And to add, Wade is one of the city inspectors. So when he ends up in the firehouse, I guess, basement or down wherever they are um, in the shop, he starts to realize, oh, this shop isn't quite up to code. I'm going to have to write some tickets for um, the damages and things that I see here. Um, Tickets to the point that, hey, your shop will probably get shut down, which puts a lot of stress and pressure on Ember to fix that as soon as she can to save her family's business because at the end of the day she just wants to make her dad proud so we start to see um the plot line kind of form and we know okay ember's got to go to element city and find her way to get these tickets and talk to i guess appeal these tickets and make sure that she can save her family's business Yes, so that is how we get this journey of sorts for Ember and Wade. Um, And they go on this journey together. They kind of start out as opposites and then realize that they truly do have a scenario where opposites attract. And they find each other maybe surprised by the other's characteristics where they thought that fire and water certainly will not ever mix and now maybe they're questioning you know oh hey maybe this culture that I'm unfamiliar with these elements that I'm unfamiliar with is something that I actually am really curious about and think is really neat and as they start to become intertwined with each other's lives Ember also starts to realize that her parents are not fond of the idea of her being with another element. Mm -hmm. So we do see some interactions between Wade and her parents where he's in the store. They're trying to get updates on things. And it's actually quite a funny scene where we see Wade try to eat the fireballs. And he's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then it's like the steam is burning. So you can see Wade's character and just the way that he's trying to prove like, I can do this, I can do this um and also you know her dad's character with like ember you're not allowed to be around these type of people kind of thing so um all the different personality types are kind of meshing together yeah i'm not sure if anyone out there listening is familiar with the show gilmore girls um but there is something and i don't mean for this to be culturally inappropriate or insensitive but there is something about maybe like Asian cultures in particular where it's like the immigrant Asian parents want their child to marry within their culture. They want to keep the culture strong and in Gilmore Girls the um, 
best friend of the main character. Um, her name is Lane, the main character, Rory. Lane is Korean, and her mom is always adamant that she dates a Korean boy and that she has to be with a Korean boy. And um, there is something similar to this in the series of films of To All the Boys I Loved Before, where yeah. they're a Korean family and some of the outside family members are talking about, you know, Korean boyfriends and all of this stuff. And so I feel like this is a, a trend that I've seen in other movies or shows portrayed as Ember's family does the same thing where, you know, fire marries fire. You don't go outside of our culture. Fire is going to stay with fire. You're not going to mix with anyone else. And so you get this Romeo and Juliet scenario yes. of the parents really don't want you to be together. But... An interesting aspect or note on this different of, difference of perspectives is when Ember meets Wade's family yes, and goes to interact with a whole family of water. It's a very different experience, and they are yes. very open and um, excited about the idea of having fire in their home. Yes, they are so welcoming. We see he has a lot of family members, and they're all like, oh my gosh, sweetie, come in, come sit down. And like Wade's trying to help her get to the table because it's literally water everywhere, so she can't step on it. And it is very different family cultures and dynamics. Um, and this is the first time that we really see, well, no, we've seen it before because she uses her fire powers to to blow glass to cover up the leaks in the shop. This is the first time we really see her make a beautiful glass creation at the table when, I think she's making a vase or something. I think the vase breaks yes. and she puts it back together. Yes, the vase breaks, she puts it back together and Wade's family is like oh my goodness, you are so talented, you should do this as a career and I think this is almost like the first time where she's like whoa. I could have a different career I other than running the shop. different than the shop, mm -hmm. like and um, I feel like up until this point, we really do think that Ember wants to run the shop and she's just anxious. But then we're like, oh, hold on a minute. Like, there's more to Ember than we see on the surface. So um, it is really interesting seeing the contrast in cultures with those families and starting to see Ember come out of her shell and show some of her talents. So this is another fun fact that um, Courtney and I have talked about outside of this episode, but... The original plot for this movie was actually scrapped at some point. I don't know what caused it to be scrapped, but there was supposed to be a villain. And Wade's mother was supposed to be some sort of element city water government official. Interesting. And she wanted to run water canals through Firetown. Obviously, putting the fire people under pressure and making them uncomfortable being around elements they're not technically supposed to be around. They could put it could put out their fire, and so there was this whole storyline about Wade's mom being a higher up official that kind of wanted to like mess with Fire Town by running water canals through it. Somehow that storyline got scrapped. I don't know when and where it did, but then the the new plot is there is no villain and that is something that I think is interesting about this movie there really is I mean if there's a villain it's probably Ember's parents wanting something for her that she doesn't want but there's no true villain in yeah this movie. I mean maybe the w villain is like the flooding waters <laughs> it's like, like the water itself because yeah. we do see later in the film that um, they do notice where some of the water is coming into Firetown, and there's this area where this dam is broken, and it's help. It's like basically pushing a lot of water through the canals, and Ember uses her fire making skills to basically put up glass in front of where the dam is broken to be able to help prevent the flood. So that's like the danger in the film. That's the it's not a villain, but that is, you know, where we're trying to see the conflict and what's going on. But I did really like that there wasn't a villain figure. Yeah, I think that it really um, enhanced the love story, that it really was just about Wade and Ember getting to know each other and in turn falling for each other, not about like heroes versus villains. It yes. wasn't them against somebody else. It was more about them discovering each other. Yes. I mean, I love a protagonist and an antagonist, but, like, 
I do like that this film feels fresh in that sense Mm -hmm. that doesn't have that so um throughout this whole film like we already talked about we see the message of immigration we also see the um (laughs) it weaves in elements of (laughs) love family confidence and immigration and I wanted to talk a little bit about that confidence piece so I I really do like that this film encourages Ember to step outside of the box that she has been put in Mm -hmm. and what she's basically like since birth been like well this is your path with life and encourages her to step outside of that and go after her own dreams and the things that she's passionate about because I think that's a message that a lot of people need to hear I think a lot of well kids specifically parents sometimes have this vision for their children of what they want their future to look like and it's important for kids and young adults to know that um, although, you know, we love parental wisdom, we think that parents are fantastic, but we as individuals get to choose our path and learn what are our gifts and talents and how can we use that in the world and to step outside of the box that maybe was created for us. Absolutely. I think that that is a really beautiful message um, in this film because at some point, Ember is able to express what she wants to her parents um her father says he's going to retire and he's going to finally hand over the shop to her he goes out of his way to make a new sign for the shop to honor ember and this is this huge dream that he's had for both of them um and i feel like there is some sort of like heartwarming moment where he says something along the lines of like the shop was never the dream like you have always been the dream and I just want what's best for you um but even though it comes as a shock to Ember's parents that once she finally says you know like running the shop actually isn't what I want to do um it's hard for them to hear that it's hard for them to accept um the fact that she wants to be with somebody that they don't necessarily approve of is hard for them to accept but in the end they come around and realize, you know, if we are going to love our daughter well, then one of the things, two of the things that we need to do is let her pursue the things that she's passionate about and be with who she loves. So. Amen. Yeah. That's just sweet. It's, I mean, I feel like it's just very honest and relevant. I feel like there are so many people in America that can have a, a sit down with this movie and be like, this is my life. Yeah. This is literally my life. And I think that's why the audience score is a 92%. I think mm-hmm. people really connect with it. And even if they have never been in a place of immigration, I think everybody has been at a point in their life where they have felt excluded or left out from something and don't fit into a certain group. Mm-hmm. And I think that message can also um, be a place where people can connect as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, do we no. have anything else to add? I was going to say, I feel like we've like tackled all of the bullet points i mean i feel like yeah we have we do have some fun facts and some easter eggs throughout the film which i feel like are fun and then i definitely want to talk about the pixar short that happens before the film because that was tears 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 so we definitely need to touch on that yeah i definitely i wanted to end on that one just because it's so sweet i but before we move on to the fun facts the specific moment that i keep referring to that i just really want to mention because for me it was my favorite part of the film um the fire parents Bernie and Cinder when they leave their hometown there is this ceremonial bow that is done um, and it is meant to honor somebody it's the highest form of honor and Bernie does this bow for his father and his father does not return it and it is basically his father's um, approval that or disapproval that they're moving and, and leaving their their hometown um and in the end you get to see this full circle moment of bernie being honored with this i mean gosh it just that really sucked it to me and yeah when you see ember do the bow and it's like oh wow yeah i maybe i'm spoiling too much of the film by going back to it but i just feel like if you watch the film this part is just it just gets me did you have a favorite part oh I really like the part where they go um, and see the flower. I forgot the name of the flower where he takes her like underground Mm -hmm. to see this 
particular flower that she has always wanted to see her whole life but she's never been able to because fire people are not loud in the plant area I guess because there's fear that they could catch the discrimination super yeah Yeah. obviously um this super rare flower on fire so Wade and his sweet little self finds a way to like get her in there yeah under the water and like a special bubble it's just really sweet and I forgot about that that was the way it all lights up and stuff I think that's a really cool part of the movie so I like that part love that part and not to mention um the main song from the movie I've um, been playing it on repeat it's still the show by love oh my gosh it's so good mm, we're, go listen to it it's great go listen to it okay let's move on to some of the fun facts so this film took seven years to make meaning that they started i'm trying to do the math in my head 2016 wild that's I crazy mean, for me to think like 2016 they started the like they started making this movie yeah and you know what another crazy fun fact is they made the last scene for this film on March 24th of 2023, three months, actually less than three months before the movie was released. That's crazy. Like that is some really last minute putting together of a film. Oh yeah. And for Pixar as a whole, they had to upgrade and buy more computers for this film. I don't really understand computers and stuff like this, but the numbers say that <laughs> there are over 151,000 cores in use for this film. For comparison, Toy Story had 294, Monsters Inc. had 672, and Finding Nemo had 923. I think that's just like the processor inside of the computer. It's like a place that store, um, I'm, I'm trying I, to be smart and it's not working. <laughs> I was thinking that it's like things to animate. Like. like oh, is it? I, I thought have, a core is like a chip inside of a. I ain't got a clue. If you guys know what this information means, please let us know because we are not educated. <laughs> We're just reading off what we, we just found. found the stats, okay, online. <laughs> okay. It's true. What um, else do we have for some fun facts? Um, and in the process of animating this seven year long process of animating this movie water for the animators was the most difficult to to animate and get right without it looking like ice or glass which i think is really interesting i i would have thought that fire maybe would have been the hardest to animate and i was a little bit shocked that it was water because i've we see water in so many other of these disney animated films think about like Moana, Little Mermaid, like all these different... Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. I mean, there's so many movies where water is such a large element, but when you think about it, the water is just like ocean, and the ocean is kind of moving a little bit, and it has some form, especially in like Moana or like Frozen 2 where we see the water horse. Um, But water, water people, though, different type of level of, hey, we have to animate water. The horse in Frozen 2 and the ocean from Moana, those are great examples that I hadn't thought of where those are, it's a singular object. It's not multiple things that they're having to animate, but that is an example of the Disney studios going in and trying to make water come to life in a different way. And so for animators to note that it was most difficult to create an appropriate shape and look to the water that made it look like the water was still moving. It wasn't stagnant or frozen. Um, Obviously it it (laughs) took took them seven years. So Uh, Yeah, there was an article that stated that the water characters have an outline that helps define the character's body and expression along with an always flowing exterior so that they feel and look like water and not like glass, like you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. So I just thought that was super, super interesting. And I I love fun facts and like little Easter eggs. So Yes. So Easter eggs, speaking of, we've got some. If you're familiar with Disney Pixar movies, there are consistent Easter eggs throughout the films you can find them if you look hard enough um sometimes you have to look really hard (laughs) to find these easter eggs but they are items from other disney pixar films that are always found weaving their way into the next one so what are some of the easter eggs we have for elemental so one of the things that I thought was super cool was the Pizza Planet truck, which is from Toy Story, can be seen about halfway through the movie when Ember goes to visit Wade's family and her mother follows her. When her mother is outside of the building, the Pizza Planet truck actually drives behind her. 
So I did not notice that in the moment, but I thought that was really cool. Apparently the pizza plant truck is in every Pixar film. Every single one. Which I'm like, can you imagine that being your job? Where am I going to put the pizza planet truck? <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I think it would be a fun task to be the person that like gets to find where to plug it in. Yeah. Um, but I always forget when I go to the movie. I'm not looking for it. Like, no, I'm, I'm not. just enjoying the movie and no. then I see it later in a TikTok or a video and I'm like, oh, wow, like, oh. Wasn't, wasn't even seeing that. Um, another cute reference in this film we mentioned earlier that the director of this film is also the director of the good dinosaur um in the fireplace shop there is a scene where you can see arlo the main dinosaur from the good dinosaur on a comic book i like that that's so cute i just love that it's so subtle it's like in passing or something else another one i didn't put on here is um so Pixar likes to put the acronym or I guess combination of letters and numbers A113, which is oh gosh, I should know what this is. You, it's the it's the room number in okay. which they formed Pixar. Okay, yes. So this actually shows up in Elemental in one of the Welcome to Element City signs. There is actually a combination of actual elements from the element table, table of elements, in the bottom right hand corner and if you decode those elements it actually reads a113 that's crazy which is cool i pressed that one in here but i saw that and i was like that's awesome so crazy 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 what else we got um okay and then we have flagstone tires um at the windbreakers game which i <laughs> love that part it's of so the funny. Um, but the flagstone tire shop is the tire place um in cars the other Pixar film cars. <laughs> yep, that's um, the sponsor in that f- film. So it's really cool to see like that crossover as well. And then the last Easter egg we have, there was a reference to the late Pixar animator Ralph Eggleston, and um, he actually helped Peter get his first job at the studio with Finding Nemo. And it's actually a nod to him in a restaurant called Eat at Ralph's Cafe. Cute. We love the homage to somebody who helped get you to where you Man, are. So fun. What a great film yeah I again this one took me by surprise I the point I was trying to make at the beginning of this episode without spoiling it was I feel like if Disney had spent the money on the marketing to really promote this as an immigrant story the love story is one thing we've seen plenty of Disney love stories we know that there's this idea of elements don't mix um and like the idea of interracial couples and cultural cultures colliding um happening but i feel like there are so many first generation immigrant families that if they knew that this was what this film was about they'd be excited to show their kids a perspective yeah, on definitely um on on what that life looks like from an animated Disney perspective. So um, I think it's interesting that I didn't know that going into the movie, um, that the marketing and the way that this film was promoted didn't give me anyway, didn't tell me that message was going to be a part of the film. But I also think that because I wasn't expecting it, that's what made me like kind of be warm and fuzzy on the inside because I was like oh I didn't see this coming this is so fun I agree yeah so um those are our thoughts on elemental we would love to hear yours if you have any uh follow us on the socials at the castle chat yes but what we also didn't see coming was the Pixar short oh my gosh oh my gosh I'm already crying (laughs) I, when I saw the title come on the screen for Carl's, like, first date, I think is the name of the short, I was like, oh, okay, so you're about to have me ball my eyes out before I even start this movie. Okay, all right, all right, you came, you came all guns blazing, let's do this. So, I saw a note about Carl's date somewhere, like, knew that it was coming. I don't think I knew that it was going to be the short in this Pixar film. We obviously know when we go to see a Disney Pixar film, we are anticipating whatever that short is going to be at the start of the movie. And when I figured out that this is what I was about to watch, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I about to get myself into? And I really thought it was going to end a different way than it did. Um, I didn't think that the storyline of Carl going on a date, I thought it was going to more so be like, 
I'm just gonna go hang out with my dog like I'm gonna forget about dating I'm too old I just want to hang out with Doug and like the story about man's best friend something oh, like that yeah, yeah. Um, and OMG I was shedding actual tears yeah it, if you don't know who Carl is Carl is from up and we love up we've seen all the Doug days shorts mm-hmm. on Disney plus which is a cute way to continue the up story and is even sweeter to have this short be before the elemental film it is so realistic in the sense of like watching someone go through the grief of losing their spouse and then having to figure out like how do I get back out there kind of thing like I have an opportunity to go on a date with someone but I haven't been on a first date in x amount of years and I don't know I just feel like it was so real like the emotion of like the anxiety that he had when he was like I'm just not sure to the sweetness of him like talking to the picture of Ellie and being like I'm sorry I just I I love you so much and I it's just it's just so real oh my gosh yeah which I think is again um following perfectly with this story from the movie elemental that both of these are just very relatable real life examples put into an animated feature um and yeah I mean seeing Carl get stressed and not know what to wear not know how to look not know how to act for going on a date again I mean goodness I how am I supposed to do that but then also taking a moment knowing that you know the love of your life your your person has passed and taking a minute to talk to them in spirit and say you're still my girl it's so I just can't breaks my heart and you know as humans we are not meant to be alone like nobody wants to stay alone and so we want Carl to get back out there. We want him to find love again. And then, oh my gosh, like I literally have a lump in my throat thinking about it right now. Like him just telling Ellie in spirit that like, you know, it's so hard to do something like this and he still loves her, but it's something that he wants to do. And, uh, and then Doug and he's like, I'll go with you. He's just so sweet. I know. I love the whole short where you just see their interactions between Doug and Carl and Doug's trying to help him and prepare him and Doug's <laughs> Doug's sitting at the table and they're practicing being at the restaurant. And I love that the short isn't actually Carl on the date. I love that it's yes. the preparation leading mm-hmm. up to it. It's his relationship with Ellie. It's his relationship with Doug. And then the last bit of the short, you just see Doug and Carl walking down the street, heading to the date, and it ends. And I think it's, it's so perfect. perfect. I don't think they could have done it any better. It had comedy. It had emotion. It gave us everything that we needed. 10 out of 10. I was like, oh my gosh, I could leave the theater right now. Like, yeah. I don't even need to watch Elemental. That yeah. was fantastic. The short, so. the short 10 out of 10, the movie, six and a half yes. or seven out of 10. But see, but, Pixar uh, does such a good job with their shorts. They know, they know what the people want to see. And I think that's fantastic. So the combination of that with this film um, really was great. We hope you guys enjoyed listening and learning more about this movie and and if you have any fun facts or things that you noticed in the movie that we didn't talk about definitely let us know hit us up on all the socials head to threads why not at the castle chat or instagram and find us there but for now we are going to kick things over to a brand new segment that we have for you guys that we are super excited to talk about it's called magic moments Magic moments. I have no idea how to do this. (laughs) Whoa. Court coming in with a jingle. This is new territory. New segment. New jingle specialist. What else are we going to throw in here that's new? I mean, threads, jingles, Courtney doing jingles. It's all just so brand new and shiny. I'm loving it. Um, Court, magic moments. A new thing for us. I know. I mean, I, well, I feel like you're about to put me on the spot, but I want to put you on the spot because you actually came up with this segment and I thought it was genius. So I want you to explain what is Magic Moments, what are we incorporating in the Castle Chat, and how can our listeners be a part of this? Okay, fine. I'll tell you. <laughs> um, magic Moments. This is why we love Disney. This is what we live for. 
This is the thing that, when we visit the parks, keeps us going back. At some point, if you are a Disney lover, if you are a Disney goer, you have experienced a magical moment. It's a time that stands out in your mind, that you remember, that something special happened, that literally in your brain you're like, only in Disney would this happen to me. Like, only in Disney would something so magical fall into place the way that it did. Um, And something that is so important to Courtney and I is getting to know our listeners beyond us talking through these episodes and um, we love getting to do interviews we love pinging back and forth in our messages with you guys but now not only can we get to know about magic moments that you guys have had but you can also share them with listeners and maybe you know as we do this you guys can connect with each other as well on social media so the idea of magic moments is for you guys to share with us a special thing a special memory that you've had because of Disney in the parks or watching a movie something that's special for you and your family do you sit down every year and watch Elemental and remember all of the things um, about moving or you know whatever it might be um, something that is special to you a magic moment brought to you for the sole purpose of being a Disney lover and we want to share that with people absolutely so how you guys can participate every Monday we will have a Monday magic moments slide on our Instagram stories will there there will be a question box where you guys will be able to submit your magic moment whether that's at home at the parks wherever you experience Disney magic we want to know and every week we will pick one response to share live on the episode and really just help spread magic to all the listeners I think it's so fun so we went ahead and put up a magic moment slide for this week and we did have quite a few responses and we found one that was really sweet so we wanted to shout that one out today it's from magic with jewels and she said this happened about two years ago for her but she was at disney for her honeymoon and they were actually pixie dusted a vip fireworks viewing party for new year's eve Now, not only are you in Disney for your honeymoon, super special, super magical. Not only are you in Disney for your honeymoon on New Year's Eve. On New Year's Eve, you have now been gifted a VIP fireworks viewing party experience. Talk about magic. That is spectacular. Yeah, and these fireworks on New Year's Eve, you know the park is jam-packed. You are fighting to be able to get a spot to see the fireworks. I have been in Disney World in the Magic Kingdom for New Year's Eve. I have counted down to midnight. I've seen the 360 fireworks. I have also felt like I was going to be trampled while doing so. <laughs> yes, so very busy. The the fact that somebody at Disney noticed that you were on a honeymoon and said we want to make this special magical moment for you by allowing you to have a VIP fireworks viewing experience on New Year's Eve oh that is some Disney magic I love it and gosh this is just the start of many magic moments to come so like I said you better be on Instagram on Mondays, specifically Mondays. That'll be the day that we'll be putting out the question box for you guys to participate. So be following us on on social media at the Castle Chat. If you submitted a magic moment that was not shared this week, do not worry. It is cataloged and we will be sharing them all. So this podcast is not going anywhere. We have plenty of magic moments to be shared. So please keep sending them. We're so excited to hear more of them. Creator Spotlight. Creator Spotlight. Wow, we got like a little octave change mm, there. I know, I was really going for it. Really, we're just like opera out here in the studio. Operatic me, that's what I'm all about. Here she is. Today, we are shouting out an amazing creator who I think has such a fun and just vibrant feed. Once again, the Creator Spotlight segment is for us to basically highlight a Disney creator in the social media world that we just feel like is killing it and is someone that you guys need to follow and that person for today is Lauren Dreams of Disney. Yes, I think this is a perfect creator to shout out for today's episodes. She shares Disney news, 
tips, food, and magic, of course. Um, And she does something called Minnie Mouse Ears Monday. So if you are a big Minnie Mouse Ears person, check her out on Mondays after you've gone and submitted your magical moment for us. Perfect. Um, But yeah, there's just so much to see and interact with on her page. There's so much color and she does a really great job of curating these these feeds these posts which is something that people are pretty intentional about on social media and so um, we just like to take a minute to recognize the people who are putting forth um, great effort and bringing Disney magic to us through our feed for those of us like Court and I who can't be in the parks all the time it's so fun to see how other people experience Disney so thank you Lauren for sharing um, all of your goodies on social media again if you do, do not follow her it is Lauren dreams of Disney on Instagram well guys thanks so much for spending time with us today on this episode of the castle chat for now we'll leave you with what we always leave you with which is there's a great big beautiful tomorrow out there waiting for you go make it magical see you real soon bye friends bye